Welcome to Real Talk, episode 67. I'm Todd, this is AJ, Yo. and we're back. Hey, you're watching right now. We dare you to stay for over 30 seconds. I bet you can't stay a minute. Stick around, see what we're talking about. Have a good time. Let's have some Real Talk. Boom, Real Talk coming at you. Let's go. There. Hopefully we got him to stay. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, now that we got that out of the way and we hooked you with our great intro... Um, we're gonna get to it. <laughs> talk for a second. You, you hyped it up yep, so often. I did. Like, yeah, I lost it. Up above, you'll see a link: www.theremnant.live/slash/real-talk. Open 24/7, 365, never closed. Click it. Go down to submit a question. Hit the box. It'll open up a form fillable box. Enter in your topic question. Yep. And we'll get it. Look at all these. These are all questions completely anonymous. Couldn't find you if we tried. And when you contribute to the conversation, you're not just getting your, a question answered. You're blessing other people, too. Amen. So take a quick second. Um, yeah, we'll just dive in. Got a lot of encouragement this week. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure if she's watching. I'm going to give a shout-out to Krista, right? Krista? Krista, shout-out to you. Thank you so much for your encouragement. You know what you did. Taking time out of your day to mm -hmm. let us know that you appreciate Real Talk. It meant the world to us. It meant Absolutely. the world to the whole production crew. So we are very excited. Oh, yes. And, uh, Thank ready you so to much. <clears throat> anyway, we'd like to start Real Talk off. After 66 episodes, now 67, with catching people up on our day, our life, what's going on? So, man, how you doing? What's the Lord teaching you? What's the journey showing you? Well, Todd, I'll tell you what the journey's showing me. Um, <laughs> Dang it. I, I tried. tried. I tried. I want to know what the journey's showing you. So, I've had a really good uh, past couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I know you are. All right. Sorry. You've had a really good couple days? I have. It? Um, it's, good. it's interesting how we can define. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not you. I've done it before. Okay. So. <laughs> I cannot do this. I have a tendency sometimes. <sighs> Production guy Blake knows this. He's across the room. I have, I don't even know if I should say this, but I have spit drink on him unintentionally about five times. <laughs> Because what will happen is I'll take a drink, something like that will happen. He's nearby, and I just – so he's very happy that he's across the room right now because you almost made me do that. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway. Ooh, I'm crying. How's man. your week? So During I've had a – yes. I've had a good couple of days. Um, <clears throat> had a couple of God moments, man, you know, where yeah. when you are – you're going about the day, and it's so easy to just kind of let it go by, you know. I realize the more and more that I'm intentional about my, my relationship with Jesus and God, the more I realize that it's very seldom that I actually take a moment to just go, wait a second. Mm. And I had that happen last night. It was, it was you know, I don't know, 11 midnight, something like that. And I was in my car, <clears throat> kind of like what you do. And I just kind of had a moment where I paused and I, I just kind of looked around and I was like, man, God and his love is just so unbelievable. And it was just such a beautiful moment, honestly, it made the entire day. And, and mm. that's kind of what I was going to get into was it's crazy how an entire day can just kind of go by. But when you actually take a moment, it's all worth it. You know, you realize that no matter what happened in that day or what's to come, God's with you and he loves you and I'll never be taken away from you. And that's so incredible. And I think mm. that's part of the freedom. You know, I feel like something we've been talking about a lot lately has been like freedom. You know, when you become a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus. You know, you're, you are reborn. You know you've won. You are victorious. And with that, there's freedom. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people don't feel that freedom because they're stuck in that jail cell still, you know, the door is open, but they're just sitting in it. Um, it's true. And the moments where I have, you know, where, or even before this, you know, you told me to go pray and I prayed and I was like, man, these, this, that's another God moment. Like, this is a moment where nothing else matters in this very moment besides me and God. And that's such a beautiful image. And like, it just makes your entire day and it, and it, you can feel that joy. It's kind of like moments where, you know, say you're, you're being tempted, right? Into whatever it may be. And the moments you finally choose to go, you know what, God, no, you're with me. I'm not doing this. It's funny because in the moment it may be hard, but then after that, you find yourself more joyful. You find yourself because he gives you that after, because he knows you're fighting, right? And when you're in his spirit, he gives you those things. You know, we talk about not living out of feelings because when you're not living out of your feelings and you're living in God, he gives you the feelings after your faithfulness, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man, just such a God is so good. And I, I hate that that's kind of a Christianese term because it's so true, though. You know, God just his love is so unexplainable, like you cannot define it. <laughs> it's so you know i i hurt for those who don't know what it is to have it you know and they just chalk it up to coincidences throughout their entire lives thinking that oh this happened because that whatever just a coincidence you know and that really it's just god peeking his head in their lives going i'm here and they don't see it they don't think it's they don't think about it and to think that that was me at one point in my own life makes me sad for that person, but also so incredibly blessed that here I am now. Mm. And <clears throat> so I guess I'm just very, um, very, I feel very peaceful. Like I said, I had that little prayer session before this and wow, I just, I don't know, man. He just, he's, he's calm through everything. And you can just feel that when you decide to actually act and what you're supposed to do. <laughs> mm. So <clears throat> as far as it's the last couple of days. The rest of the week, you know, there's been some anxieties. There's been, you know, worries of, you know, what's to come and, you know, what am I going to do about this or that or whatever it may be. So, you know, just to have the last couple of days where I've had a couple of key moments like that, it's really encouraging. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I don't know, man, I, I feel him right now. You know, I can feel the spirit and that's a, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it's been. You know, it's just uh, I'm just gonna right now, currently, and I, and I want this to carry on throughout the rest of the day, and you know, even to you know the next day and the next day. You know, being in the spirit, you know, truly living it out, you know, with others, and and actually making dedicated time to be with with the Father. Because when you do that, this is what it brings. It brings what I'm feeling right now. So it's beautiful. Yeah, he said, "Call me." It sort of made me think of when Jesus said, building your life on a firm foundation and not the shifting sands. And I yep. think <clears throat> that's it. Um, also interesting that you said, you brought up, you know, people that don't know that love or that peace, right? And how we were like that once. So yep. I was pulling in to where we live, where I live, and... There was a car, and at first I thought it had a Jesus fish on it. I was like, that's cool. Like It was nice. late at night. It wasn't. It was one of those ones that has fish with legs and says Darwin in the middle. Have you ever seen those? Uh, You've never seen those? I don't think so. Yeah, so essentially it's like atheist. Uh, oh, really? Or, you know, they're evolutionists, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not the point of this, right, talking about evolution. My point is <clears throat> to go to that effort 
I mean, if I'm honest, then you put that on the back of your car, you're kind of making a statement. It's sort of mockery a little bit, right, of the Jesus yeah. fish on the back of a car. You know, even if it's a good nature, it's... And anyway, that isn't the point. The point is I started thinking about literally weirdest thing that you're saying this. I was like, what? What? What do you do with life? If everything is just a coincidence, everything, everything is a cosmic experiment that even creation, you know, perfect conditions and I don't know, all these things, it's just an accident. And we're just literally, you're that way. We're just on a, uh, a ball, you know, floating through space. What do you do with that? Like, what is life? And I lived that it life. so empty. Yeah. It, and at the time, though, do you think that? <clears throat> I, I was thinking, I don't know. It, it, it's just interesting that you said that because I was thinking about, I was trying to remember what life was like for me during that time, what I was doing and how mm-hmm. I thought. And because I've always said this, you too, I was old enough to remember pre-Jesus. Yep. I know I had a lot of insecurities, you know, oh, even absolutely. more. And, um, it's interesting. And I'm not mocking anyone for doing that. It's just regardless of where you're at, <clears throat> what do you do with that? Where is your peace? And I think that's probably a cause of a lot of anxiety because there is nothing in control. There's nothing in control. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys hear that. That is literally my stomach. <laughs> just <laughs> battling right now. I don't know if they can hear it or Wants not. to be heard. Yeah, it's rumbling. So anyway, that's cool, man, that you had that those moments. Dude, it's it's such a beautiful thing. And like I like what you said, like what you know, people who don't know God's love and don't believe in it or anything, like man, like you said, like I remember too, and like honestly, there wasn't ever any true peace because I was constantly relying on things that weren't stable. And it's almost like you were just trying to distract yourself yourself long enough to <laughs> He's laughing because my stomach is literally continuing, continuing to growl um, for no reason. It's like it's like you're continuously trying to distract yourself long enough for the, for the next thing to come along, so you don't have to hurt or you don't have to think about the that's hurt. That's a good way. Of th- I mean, that's that may have been it. Yeah, yeah. You're just constantly chasing things. or anything that gives you this even a semblance of life. Mm-hmm. You know, you build your life around that. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, man, that's that's kind of how my week was, and I don't know, man, I'm just so blessed, and I mean that. Like, I I don't like the the idea that I take that for granted, but I do, but right now I'm not, mm-hmm. and that's that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So, mm-hmm. but, how's your week been? <clears throat> uh, some things that, the week's been okay. Um, few things that have just popped up on the top of my head. One is, and I've been saying this for several weeks, so if you've been watching or you're a regular listener on podcasts or anything, you'll know that I've been saying this, and it's real. Just this fascination and re, I want to say falling in love as a guy that's tough with Jesus of, you know, what, what if this thing's driving me crazy? My stomach is Dude, literally I've, crazy. I've had times like this. Like, yeah. um, So, yeah, just who he is and... You know, one of the challenges I talked about in, in our message at our church Sunday was the idea of to really follow him. Mm. You know, over and over in the Gospels, Jesus says, follow me. That's what he said. That starts there every time. Follow me. And you kind of take that for granted. It becomes Christianese. And you go read it again. And every time he taught, meets someone, follow me. What do you want me to do? Follow me. Get rid of all these things. Follow me. And I don't know. I, I guess you know me. I'm. I'm I, you do. I am hard on myself in the sense of... The standards, Jesus, 
He told me to follow him. It doesn't matter if I'm following halfway. I know the areas I'm, I'm not following him all the way. And what does that look like? And what does it look like to be, I don't know, to really follow him in, in, in all ways, you know, and, and yeah. acknowledge him. And, and that kind of ties in with something that happened this morning. So our brother Greg, who I know will watch this. So Greg, you never know when you're impacting people. His father passed away. Um, one of our, if you're on the podcast, a guy goes to our church. Uh, great guy. Oh, absolutely. His father Greg. passed away, and I don't know, was that last year? Late last year? Yeah, yeah, it was a year ago. And he said a message where he said, hey, I went and visited my dad's grave today. We have a really active men's ministry like thread that we all post in, and he's one of the best encouraging. And he just said that. One of our other brothers, David, asked him, well, how you feeling, you know? And in the midst of his message, I don't know if you've seen this yet, he said, the first thing he said was, not what you think. So when the question was asked, I'm sure David was meaning like, how are you, you know, does that make you sad? Do you miss him? And he said, a little sad because my time is short. I've got to tell people about Jesus. And uh, so Greg, thank you. And it made me think like, man, what a mindset that he wasn't sad because his time is short. He's sad because he only has so much time to tell people about Jesus. And, you know, how many times in a day, if you're out there as a Christian, this is convicting. How many times in a day do you tell someone about Jesus mm. that doesn't know? How many times in a week? How many times in a month? And for a lot of us, it's zero. And see, here's the thing. Sometimes we think, and this goes for me too, you know, I'm not counting when I preach the gospel on the stage. Those people are, I'm, and I'm not counting, you know, I'm not necessarily saying you should count the times, although this is good. You invite yeah. people to church. How many times do you Tell people the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. And for me personally, that's really convicting, man. That's very convicting and, for me as well. You know, and you're not always going to be able to present the whole thing, but, you know, Scripture says always have, paraphrasing, always have an answer for their questions, always have a reason, you know, always be able to tell people Jesus. And we get so focused on our own stuff. <clears throat> and I don't know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So like this joy, and it all ties in. You have this joy and, you know, you're sad for people and, what are we doing about that? Hmm. What are we doing about that? What are we doing to serve this community? You know, I had this idea. I'm not going to, that I'll talk about. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, afterwards, don't want to do it yet. But I'm doing something crazy, man. You know, we already had this idea for our food truck thing, which mm -hmm. if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you until later. But it's, that's exciting. That's going to happen. This is separate. Going and doing stuff. And you're going to look stupid to people. So what? Are you willing to do it? And be, I don't know. I just, I really want to follow them. You know, and so it's kind of cool that you said that. I want, I don't want to love people, but I don't even want to love them just to get them to believe. I want to just love them because that's what he did. You know, there were 3,000 people, 5,000, 4,000, you know, that came in and listened to him. Not all of them came to believe in him, but he still fed them. That's right. You know, he still took care of them. He still loved them. He still saw them. He still, you know, we don't, it's just, I want to do that. I want my life to be characterized by that kind of love. and I think we should. And again, I've said this many times and people can think I'm dramatic. Maybe I am. I am a little dramatic, passionate, but just what would, what would it be like if our church with a capital C sold out? What would it be like if I felt like churches were teams and not rivals? I saw a uh, pastor of another church not coming down on him because I didn't do it either. I seen him several times. We were playing 
volleyball or mm-hmm. church group and he was over there at the tennis course walking by and I knew this guy I used to serve in a in a not when I wasn't I didn't work in a church I worked yeah. for a faith base and he was a youth guy too and it's just like so f- sad that like you pretend you don't know me like why because you're a pastor at a different church now and I'm not saying that's the reason and I, maybe he feels the same way about me you know and it's mm-hmm. like what would it be like and I don't know I would love to, I was thinking today, real talk. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get another pastor from another church to be on real talk? That'd be amazing. But the odds of that, almost zero. They won't do it. Right? I mean, honestly. Yeah. Because, and maybe I shouldn't assume that, but I've asked people, you know, we've done this kind of thing before. Um, That's what makes it special about, you know, the documentary we were filming and a few of the pastors that agreed to do it and just talk and trust Mm -hmm. it. So I don't know. It'd be cool if we came together and just did stuff, you know? Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and even the times that come together, like, there's a cool group in this town, of in our town, um, that I guess kind of come together and do stuff, but they don't invite everyone. Mm. And it's like, so then it's like, yeah, we're coming together, but we're still excluding certain groups. Right. I don't know. It's just an odd thought. I, I don't mean to be negative. I'm not trying. I hope this doesn't come oh. off as negative, but I don't know. But I always bring it back to myself because, like, what am I doing right. to— to help them. Because at the end of the day, you can only truly yeah. control yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. So, cool though. I'll, you know, Jesus is awesome. And I want people to know that. And he just inspires me to be better, you know? Hmm. So, good good stuff. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I think that, uh, I don't know, man. I always like hearing what you have to say because you say, I don't know, you got a great mind. and no, I appreciate that. You know, I think, I think you're right. You know, we need to come together as the church. But, um... <laughs> But I don't know, man. It's it's a beautiful thing that we need to. I guess like we need to focus on that, right? Like we need to kind of like what you said, like think about bringing everyone together, not just like we're rivals. We're all a yeah. team. So and maybe that's unrealistic. I don't know. Right. So, but yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we'll dive into a couple questions here. Mm-hmm. Um. Which we have so many. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to cover some of these in live at a oh, later yeah. time. We have at least probably 20 here, at least. Yep. So great job, guys. Keep contributing. All right, the question we have is, I'll start. What do you do when someone is being selfish at the cost of a group of people? How would you approach them to talk to them about it? In front of the group or just you and them? This is a great question. I think that you should definitely start off with just you and them. I think you should, you know, go to your brother and or sister and go, hey, you know, this is what, you know, I'm seeing, asking them questions, you know, getting, you know, trying to get to their heart, you know, seeing what they have to say. And honestly, I think the only time when it comes to, and I think Jesus, he kind of did this a couple of times in the Bible was, you know, the only time you should ever have to do this, you know, in front of everybody is if it continues, right? If, if the if the behavior that doesn't seem acceptable continues then i think eventually you get to a point where you have to go okay this is gonna happen from everybody so um but yeah definitely one-on-one first in front of everybody later if needed yeah and i would agree i think scripture is pretty clear on that the only thing the only time i would even if someone's doing something cruel publicly mm-hmm. you have to respond publicly you know you have to that kind of thing right but i completely agree with you i think scripture is pretty clear sounds like in this case it's not necessarily one event it's kind of a this person has a pattern. And then, yeah, Scripture says, what do you do when you're brilliant? You go to them alone and try That's to talk right. to them and see where they're at. And Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Next question. How do you stay passionate while serving God? How do you fight against burnout? Um, 
I think you look at Jesus again. Uh, I, I don't. Jesus constantly, he would serve and then he would go away alone. And he would serve and it says he would go off alone and pray. He would serve. And so I think making sure that your own spiritual life is still being taken care of. Mm. And um, yeah, I think that's really important. Making sure that your relationship with him is strong. Making sure that, you know, you're taking time with just God to get. I never, I don't like the, 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 I don't like the phrase that says, you know, you can't serve if your cup's not full because I think it gets just, I think it's used to justify selfishness. However, there is, it's another Christian thing. The idea of it is true, you know, in the sense that you've got to serve out of the overflow of the spirit for lack of a better word, you know, I don't mean that theologically, but in the sense of, are you where you need to be and, you know, connected to the Lord and, and spending mm-hmm. time in prayer and in his, in his word. And that way you're, you're able to, to do that and resting in general, yes. taking time to rest. Rest looks different for different people, but it's okay to take time to rest. And I think those things in my own personal experience, cause I've experienced burnout and I tend to do it and not you know, shaking your head like you're really, uh, I don't tend to do those things because I don't, I don't let my mind, I, I think I do a decent job of, going away alone sometimes but a lot of times uh, in the past i have not rested yeah and just kind of yeah keep blazing along and then you you can't do that and jesus didn't do that so i think that's i don't know i hope that answers your question yeah that's good spend time in your own make sure you're making time for your own spiritual life you know in prayer with god and all those things and also rest whatever that looks like for you sometimes rest for people is spending time doing fun things sometimes it's exercising sometimes it's literally what we call breathing you know Mm-hmm. Whether it's in a car or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. I, mean, I like that because I think people definitely, they usually define rest as just like this, like you just lay around and do mm-hmm. nothing, which I mean, could that be a form of rest? I suppose, but it's not the only form. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. All right. All right. This one's a, I like these kind of questions because they're very real. I'm in. And no one thinks about it. Are nudist colonies a sin? What if you're with your spouse? What are your thoughts about them? Interesting. Yeah, we've never gotten a question on nudist colonies. First time, um, man, I don't, I no, I don't think so. Um, well, let me ask you this: Are you going to be able to be around a bunch of naked people and not be lustful? That doesn't seem possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it being modest? No. Sure, no. You know, listen. You want to have a nudist colony in your home with your spouse with no one around? Walk around naked. Go for it. That's fair. Uh, when you're inviting other people. Be real. The idea, this is the thing about nudist colonies. I love when people are justifying talking about freedom and all these things. Come on. <laughs> come on. I'm sure it is free. Like, well, you know, I get it. Sure. But come on. Yeah. Even I, if you somehow are able to go to a nudist, this is so, and enjoy the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, why, one, do you have to have other people around? Go find your pride. But two, you're telling me you're not looking? You're really not looking. That's true. You're really not going to have those images in your mind. It's yeah. not going to turn to lust, so, and it's immodest. So is it a sin? Listen. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm I going think if you, it. Like, like the idea in itself, like no. But but even the but, idea in itself, like what do you mean? The idea of being naked? I guess. I mean, I'm just having a couple. Yeah, the idea of being naked. You're in a house. If I have a wife, yeah. someday I might walk around naked with her. That's okay. That's fair. Right. I'm not inviting you over. <laughs> Yeah, where's that going to lead? So nudist colonies are they a sin? They're certainly, uh, yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. In and of it, does it say it in the Bible? No, but be 
You get one yeah, of these. Yeah, I guess the Come more on. the more I'm thinking about it, the more it's. But it's I think I think you're right. The idea, yeah. nakedness in and of itself is not sinful, right? right? Like then we're back in the Puritan times when we can't, you know, <laughs> wear shorts. But I do think that. Come on. Uh, I, I love the question. Oh, I, I'm not mocking man. the question. I think the question's a great question. It's one of those questions you got to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those questions you got to be honest with yourself. So great question, though. I love – genuinely, if you're out there and you ask – I love these questions because the, they make us think oh, right, about things that think. the Bible doesn't necessarily – the Bible doesn't talk about nudist colonies. Nope, not but at all. But it's something we can we really need to think about. Yes. So I had a thought about the same thing today. Uh, I can't, I'll talk to you later. Interesting. Not about nudity, but another <laughs> thought of like, no, the Bible doesn't say this. So what should we do? Great question. Absolutely. Next question. Oh, it's a long one. I'm reading a book, and the chapter I'm reading currently, she's talking about how. Oh, what's it say? <sighs> Let me read the question. I just I can't see that that one letter. Okay. I'm reading a book, and the chapter I'm reading currently, she's talking about, she being the author, she's talking about how delayed obedience is still disobedience. And it has really made me think. Thoughts? At first, I was like, no, because I'm still obeying. But then I realized if I'm not doing it when God wants, it means I'm doing it when I want and on my own time. Hmm. So the idea, the actual question, full question is, I'm reading a book. The author says that delayed obedience is still disobedience. Is that true? What are your thoughts on that idea? You asked me first, so you know yeah. I read it. Um, uh, I think it is. I think that yeah, that's a powerful thing. And the way that I think of it is this. If God came into the room today and he's in front of you and he says, Todd, I want you to go downstairs and worship me in the sanctuary. And I said, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. God, thanks. And I go back to what I'm doing. It's definitely still this way. That makes you go, holy moly, right? Like yes. you're, you're disobeying him. So I love that thought. I love that idea of what a cool phrase. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Honestly, and I think that's very prevalent in in our call. I've done it. I do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll do I'll get to it, Lord. Like yeah. think of the arrogance of that if you really think about God standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it, God. But we do it all the time. Oh, man. We just say, when, when, I, when I get to it, Lord, you know, when you can fit in my life, I'll do what you say. Mm. So, great question. Yeah, my thoughts are I would agree with that. Absolutely. I agree and it makes that. me think. Oh, absolutely. It makes me think, too. Like, got to think about how I am, you know, what I do. So, that's really good. Do you want me to ask another one? Since I I'll that? ask you, and then we can do that. And okay. then we'll call up. All right. I think. I don't know. How much time are we doing here, production guy? He's going to go, hmm? He's going to look at the time. If you're on the podcast, you already know how we do it around here. Uh, it's one of the, one of my favorite um, reviews is the person that clearly they don't do a lot of editing. <laughs> hey, but I like it because right. it's real. Yep. So, number four. Another cool question that no one thinks about. Do you think mosquitoes ate human blood before the fall? Or do you think that is a product of the fall? That is such a crazy question. Yeah. I really want to know the person, like how they even got to this question. I That's love awesome. these kind of thoughts, man. Um, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, a part of me goes, "Why would God make an animal that is his whole existence is to just go on you and suck your blood?" Like, <laughs> I agree. Like, is there a reason for it? I I wouldn't know, but here's my best guess. In a way, it, I would see why they think it's a product of sin because, like, yeah, it's literally just sucking your blood. Well, from what we could, yeah, exactly. From what we know, animals weren't eating each other, right? I guess it's, it goes all the way to carnivores, right? Mm-hmm. What did the lion do? I don't know what they they did. Were were they all were they herbivores? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who knows? So I haven't thought about this question or looked into it enough. Uh, maybe they did, but 
it was like this kind of painless process where they, oh, there's a, there's a deer. I'll just eat it. And the deer's like, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. My initial thoughts are, what if there was an animal, the mosquito, right? And it fed on nectar. Uh-huh. And after the fall, it sort of evolved and began to eat human blood Interesting. because it wasn't around those fruits or something. Huh. Just adaptation. Yeah. Be product of sin in that case. Yeah. Sort of like, Interesting. you know, we didn't eat meat right. before that. We didn't kill eat meat until the fall. So from what we can see. That's very Great question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the best way that was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> that's, I haven't looked into that. I'll, I'll give that some thoughts. That's my initial thoughts. Uh, okay, let's see. And this is the last one of the day you said? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. What has been the most vexed theological question the church has faced? I think the, what they're saying is vexing meaning the most like kind of cute, confusing or mm-hmm. theological question that the church has faced. Boy. Um... I, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming they're asking us about our church, our church, not okay. the church with a capital C, because there's no capital C on there. Typically, people. So, like, what is a theological question? I'm trying to think that has been something our church has wrestled with or whatnot. I can tell you one that we've gotten a lot of pushback for. <laughs> Did you say community? Yeah, community is a good one. I think that's a good one. Uh, people don't like community. They like it when they want. That's a great. That's a great point. Um, I was thinking even bigger is the idea of grace and radical forgiveness that God offers us has been one that we've probably had some pushback on before, which is the idea, you know, chosen by grace. Mm -hmm. The idea that, you know, that our salvation, our sanctification, which means our holiness, all of that is completely dependent and relying on Christ and what he did. Yep. And sometimes people think that because we say that, and I will not back down from that, we're saying that sin is okay, which is weird that they connect the two, yeah. that sinful actions. That's not what we're saying. Nope, not at all. So I think we've gotten a lot of pushback sometimes when we try to tell people, listen, um, there is no condemnation in Christ. The key phrase being in Christ. Once you accept Christ, you can't out grace. People don't like that phrase sometimes uh, because they're very afraid that what we're saying is go do whatever you want. I remember someone telling me, Actually, it was in our broken cart message in the same letter where they said that they they implied that we were saying grace without truth. That was the exact letter. Well, there, you know, I'm, let me give you some truth for your grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's silly. Um, the truth is, is that apart from Christ, we are doomed. Absolutely. Uh, in Christ, we are saved, period. Sin, can Christians still sin afterwards? Absolutely. Does that affect their standing with God? Nope. It affects their life. A lot of bad things can, will That's happen right. when you sin, period. It doesn't yeah. please God. There's consequences. Yeah, consequences. So, um, but yeah, I think for me that comes to mind, one that, you know, people are so afraid of what of what we're saying, and then they don't listen to what we're saying. That's really good, man. I, Does that, that make sense? I, yes, 100%, because that was the second one. I thought it, community first popped in my head, and then I thought it That's a good too. one, too, though. Man. Yeah. People push you back know, on it a lot. Yes, yes. You know, people who... Who, um, when when people first come into you know our church, you know us specifically, you know I think they they love the idea of how like often we're around each other until they realize it gets for real. Like <laughs> they'll come around for a little bit and they go, oh yeah, these people like to hang out a lot. And they're like, oh, they live, they're always together, you know. And it's a it's such an awesome thing, you know. We live, we truly, we take it serious that we live life out together, and we you know we base it's one of our pillars is community, and so 
you know, we take that serious. We're not just here on Sundays and we say, hi, have a good week. And then we're back and only don't see each other once until Sunday. Yeah. You know, that's not what we're about. And I think people get, you know, they get in this mindset of, you know, it only matters on Sunday, you know, especially, you know, nothing against bigger churches. That's not, you know, but I think people who tend to go to a bigger church, you know, more people, the harder it is to kind of create that culture. Absolutely. It's and, more challenging. And, uh, sure. Yes. And so, like I said, like nothing against bigger churches, but, you know, they're, when it comes to community, it seems to be weaker because there is more people. And that's harder to wrap around. You know, well, it's and, definitely more challenging. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and uh, the ones that can do that well, uh, boy, what an incredible thing. Oh, you know? yeah. But see, you feel bad for them too because a lot of times, say, you know, look at the pushback we've had with yeah. the amount of people we have. And now you have a thousand. How much pushback do you get? Oh, yeah. Or like people. I remember a guy coming to our church from, a, you know, it doesn't matter. He came, came to our church for a long time and for a while. And he was like, that's cult talk. Cult talk when we read out of Acts 2. And we're like, you know what, man? They live life together. And it's like, what a weird – It's this is unrelated. Mm-hmm. But if you're out there and you start – you throw the word cult and false false prophet out anytime you disagree with a church or a pastor, I'm telling you right now, man, you need to quit. I, that is such – the Bible takes those kind of accusations very seriously, and they're not thrown around willy-nilly. They were literally saved for people who were preaching a gospel outside of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, man, what a stupid—I'm going to just say it. What a stupid, immature thing to do in your faith. If you're going around, anytime you disagree with someone mm-hmm. and accuse them of being this. And that, I'm not saying that even for us. You hear it from big-time pastors, you know— they will accuse big time pastors because they're successful of being false prophets. Like, listen, the Bible says, did they preach Christ crucified? Okay, be quiet. Yep. Be quiet. Um, man. Anyway, and that, there are a lot of pushback from that community because, but really, what it boiled down to with this person is this person was a very anxious, mm-hmm. introverted person, had some deep things he was hiding, and he didn't want people close to him or his family. Yep. And that's unfortunate, you know, because maybe it's because of the wound that they carried. This person carried of like instead of it being a place of healing and love and walk this out as a place of judgment and that's not what it's supposed to be either. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good one too. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And I think people just get caught up in that. Like you know, if you naturally go to a bigger church, like you know that. Not even just bigger churches, dude. Just, yeah, li- right. Churches in general, you know, like you know the culture. This isn't criticizing churches, but the culture a lot of times is exactly what you said. Yeah. I'm gonna put on a face. On a Sunday, mm-hmm. and you're going to accept my happy face, and I'll accept your happy face, and I don't want you anywhere near me. Stay in your, stay in the church box. This is my life box. Yeah. And if you try to get in my life box, I'm going to call you a cult. Like what a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, or I'm going to be pushed back and tell right. you know whatever. We don't pressure people to do that. We encourage it, and we tell them the Bible. Like you know, one of the things we say around here is, listen, you don't like community, take it up with God. Um, that it's in the Bible. So. Yeah. Cool, uh, cool things that um, I love these questions, you know, that get people thinking. Even oh, that absolutely. one, what a great question that is. Yeah, man. You know. I think if you think about the church with a capital C, we're in a lot of theological questions right now to wrestle with. What do you do? You know, we look at um, everything going on with protesting, and right, you know, in case yep. this needs to be said, because last week we got some pushback on this. I think peaceful protesting is completely fine. It's a right. It's okay. Violence is not okay. If you are a Christian and you're going around accusing other Christians of not being Christians because they're saying they're against violence, 
you're not reading the Bible, period. You have created a form of Christianity that is not Christianity. I'm going to say you can get mad if you want. I've had to deal with this. Mm -hmm. You cannot grab portions of Scripture and turn them around to justify violence. Nope. Uh, you know, one. Of, I'm almost hesitant to do this. Completely off topic a little yeah. bit. Anyway, go back, look at the Bible. So that's a theological question. What does it look like? How do you... How do you uh, deal with injustice? We certainly should. But I'm going to tell you right now, look at what Jesus did. You know, I, I, <laughs> I have had talks with very intelligent believers, brothers of mine. And sometimes the things they say, the things they say, you know, the idea of, well, I don't like violence, but we got to do what we got to do. I'm like, no, we don't do what we got to do. Yeah. Like that's what does that mean? Um, you know, Jesus is very specific. We change People don't like that, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't protest. Like, why is it getting sucked into that world again? Um, that being said, I want to tell you guys something else. If you're one of the people out there using the parable of the lost sheep and tying it, the, the, the initial thought behind it, I think, is not, is good. But when they say they leave the 99, like, I, it, be very careful that you're not taking parables that Jesus himself gave for a very specific point and trying to use them to justify a certain thing. Yeah. Even violence or those kinds of things. I'm not saying that's the case, that everyone is doing that. I think the idea of it is pretty beautiful. Like, yeah. Um, that we could go, but boy, uh, that's just an example. I think some people have used it right and are using it to say we should care, and then other people are kind of using it. Boy, if you're a Christian leader, you got to be careful when you're going out there using Scripture. Make sure you're you're taking context, and we have a responsibility to do that. Yep, that's right. So, got me off topic, but I think we're in a place. Back to the original question. Yeah, what a cool opportunity we have to really think through our faith and what it looks like to to fight injustice. What does it look like to not? What does fighting look like? Yes, to Jesus. You know, what mm -hmm. does it look like? Um, what did Jesus say to Peter when Peter chopped the ear off of someone? You know, what what did that look like? No, those are tough questions, it, and, it, yes. and it's one of those things that doesn't feel comfortable sometimes. No. And we got to push through that and figure out what truth is. And so, what a, we're in a weird time for the church, man. Um, an opportunity to really wrestle through what what our faith is. That's so good, man. So, but yeah, you're right, and I couldn't agree more. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Yeah, sorry for rambling, guys. If you're out there, you're like, why is Todd talking so much? I have a big mouth. Had a lot of caffeine. <laughs> you got anything you want to say, man? To um, close up. Thank you guys so much. You know, just remember that God loves you. Truly, God loves you. Doesn't matter if you think He does or if He. If, it doesn't matter if you think He does or not. He does. He's there. Um, rest in that. You know, for those of you who do believe, you know, take a moment today to breathe. Do that. You know, if there's anything you want to take away from this today, it's that you know we do this so that you know the, the gospel is spread and people know who Jesus Christ is because that's that's the only hope. Um, so I love Amen. you guys. Um, thank you so much for watching. Um, please share this. Uh, like I said, the more people see it, the more people who could, who could be saved. So appreciate y'all. Yeah, and it's factual. We've kind of gone deeper. We've said this before in the analytics of mm -hmm. uh, things, social media, all that kind of stuff. Our podcast, brothers and sisters that are listening on podcasts, you have been so awesome. Thank oh, you so yes. much. Um, man, that's growing like crazy, and that's uh, thanks to you guys. and leaving reviews and all those kinds of things, but those on Facebook uh, that are watching, 
hey, it makes a big difference. I mean, it's a it's a fact. Yep. The more engagement you have, which is the interactions, the sharing, the liking, all those kinds of things, the more people it reaches, and the more that it gets promoted. Yep. So thank you guys for those of you who supported us. Also, I want to give a couple shout outs to people that have donated directly to this ministry. Regina, thank you so much. I know this week you have been. She is. I love it's her. almost humbling. It, it is humbling how supportive she is, um, both just commenting, liking, sharing, being a part of the discussions every week, right. but also for her to care enough about this show to give resources, um, knowing, man, we're just thankful, Regina. Thank for, you so much, uh, And I know Greg Bennett, he has done it. I said his last name. You have to cut that. Greg, <laughs> I have, uh, Greg has done that so many times. Yes. And, man, we're so thankful. Um more times than we have actually acknowledged. So oh, we just want you to know, Greg, we see you, appreciate you. Yes, brother. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And if you guys want to donate to this this show directly, it's www.theremnant.life slash give. There it is. And uh, we're trying to take it on the road. Those of us in other states that have been telling us you want us to come, yep. we need your help. Yeah, we we've got one more week. We named it. This is it. This By is this it. Sunday, you, uh, we got to get... We got to raise funds to get there. We got guys that have to leave their jobs. We got it costs gas, all those kinds of things. So yep. we don't want to add that. Um, yeah. So rambling today. Can't talk. Hey. But thank, thanks, man. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. Love you. Like, share, comment, all those great things. I think that's about it. We hope you guys have a great day and truly God bless you.